0: Welcome to the Three Martini Lunch. Grab a stool next to Greg Karambas of Radio America and Jim Garrity of National Review. Three Martinis coming up. Really glad you're with us for the Tuesday edition of the Three Martini Lunch. We have a good, good, and bad martinis for today. Jim, let's start right in with the good. As we've said many times, despite it being 50-50, despite terrible approval ratings for Joe Biden... It's going to be tough for Republicans to actually win the majority. They have to play defense in a lot of places, and we feel like some of the candidates who won uh, primaries in critical states might have a tougher time winning general elections than some of the other people who are running. But we are where we are. But uh, Biden is still helping in some ways. In Arizona, where Mark Kelly is now seen as a pretty solid favorite against Blake Masters, but it's still relatively close. Mark Kelly is going to be playing a little bit of defense now and Blake Masters is going to be playing a little bit of offense because Mark Kelly was uh, on a TV interview. And one of the simple questions was, what kind of grade do you give President Biden? And this is what we got. Your thoughts on his
1: job. Has he done a good job, do you think? Hey, you know, know, first of all, it's not my job to give him a report card.
0: So, Jim, when it's five or six seconds of just abject stammering and I'm not the person who grades the president, it's not exactly the uh, the rousing team building effort that the Democrats probably wanted here. But Mark Kelly also knows that Biden is a huge anchor uh, around his party. And if the Republicans could actually stay on message, that might actually do us some good this year.
1: Yeah. So a couple things jump out here. The first is This strikes me as the soft underbelly of the Mark Kelly campaign. You know, Arizona, as we know, yes, the Democrats have won both Senate seats, but it's not a blue state by any stretch of the imagination. And up until very recently, it was perceived to be a pretty darn red state. Now, we'll see how this shakes out this year. But Mark, you know, the other Democratic senator, Kirsten Sinema, has very clearly made how she's distinctive from the rest of her party. Maybe not as much as we on the right would want. In the end, she went along with... The quote-unquote Inflation Reduction Act, and yes, that's foreshadowing our third martini. <laughs> um, but you know, at least you can generally say Kirsten Cinema really does, you know, stand up to the rest of her party when she thinks it's wrong. They chase her into bathrooms over it. You know, she has disagreed with the party's orthodoxy, and she has the scars to prove it. Where does Mark Kelly? oppose his party's orthodoxy and when has he stood up to the rest of his party and i think somebody you know said like how do you justify calling yourself an independent or bipartisan and they said well i wrote a letter opposing a bill <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess it could be where you could say verbally behind closed doors i'm very uh, critical of the rest of my party i just never do it in public i never do it in any way that anybody else can see but trust me also i have a really hot girlfriend who lives in canada And I met her at summer camp. And no, you can't see her. Um, That kind of, you know, excuse making. So, you know, the argument is, you know, Mark Kelly, you vote in lockstep with the Biden agenda. Biden is not particularly popular in Arizona right now for good reasons. How do you call yourself as this, you know, in the end, you're a Democratic Party yes man. And that answer is a good example of it that in the end, you know, there there are two directions you can go in. You can say, you know what, I'm frustrated with this president. Sometimes I wish he had uh, responded more quickly to concerns of inflation. I was frustrated by the withdrawal from Afghanistan. You, know, you can make your arguments, and you know you'll you'll probably get a little bit of flack. You'll irk, you know, um, Ron Klain and some folks at the White House, but you'll be able to say you're genuinely an independent. And I think that actually would be the better, smarter play. In a state like Arizona. Or you can say, you know what, I'm a loyal Democrat. I stand with this president, you know, through thick and thin. I'm not gonna turn my back on him now. And you can get some points from your Democratic base for night but but you can't ham and haw and basically refuse to answer the question. You know, like you know, they ask president's approval rating numbers are usually amongst all adult respondents. You don't have to be a registered voter, you don't have to be a likely voter. They ask, everybody's got an opinion on how the president's doing, except apparently Democratic Senator Mark Kelly.
0: <laughs> You're right, though. He is a lockstep uh, Democrat. There might have been a nomination here and there that he uh, opposed that was already going down because Cinema Mansion or both were <laughs> going to vote against it. So even then, it's not exactly a profile in courage. But so, so given his record, he can't really trash the president, but he knows it's a political loser to say nice things about him. If the Masters campaign cannot make hay out of this uh, situation, then their ad team is hopeless. But uh, hopefully they can, because this is just gold when you're, what, less than two months away from a midterm election. All right, let's uh, talk about our great sponsor for today, and that is Backbone. Look, when you're involved in gaming, you want the ultimate gaming experience. So the easiest way to do that is just play it on your phone, and Backbone is the way to go. Now listen up, because Backbone has just released a PlayStation
1: edition of their beloved Backbone 1, which was brought to life in collaboration with the PlayStation design team. You simply plug in your iPhone to the Backbone and you can enjoy console quality controls as you play console games via remote play or cloud streaming
0: services and App Store games. They did send these Backbone devices to us. They seem really easy to hold. Obviously fits in well with your phone. Anybody who's played video games along the way, it seems like an absolutely great fit. So go to playbackbone.com martini now to order your Backbone for a limited time and get free access to more than 350 console games and perks. Backbone is now the official partner of Diablo Immortal. Not only is the game specifically optimized for Backbone, but you will also receive $10 of in-game perks. So find your next adventure at playbackbone.com slash martini. All right, Jim, on to our second good martini now. And we've had Ron DeSantis in the good martini quite a bit lately, mainly because he's looking very, very good in his re-election bid against uh, Charlie Crist. Uh, Charlie Crist has stepped on about as many rakes as you can. In fact, I think just yesterday or very recently, he decided to call Ron DeSantis Satan," and since his name is Crist, and as he thinks that's close enough to Christ to say that it's basically Satan against Christ. So you know you know that Charlie Crist is really in a healthy place mentally and, and emotionally <laughs> right now, uh, but Ron DeSantis looking good in the polls, looking good as a potential 2024 presidential candidate and a good way to make a lot of friends heading into a potential presidential race, Jim, is to give other Republicans money. And that's exactly what DeSantis is doing. He's got a huge edge over uh, Chris in cash. Uh, Politico uh, playbook with the story here, Uh, DeSantis earlier this month shifting $2.5 million from his political committee to the Florida Republican Senatorial Committee, uh, the campaign arm controlled by the incoming Senate president, Kathleen Pasadomo. Hopefully I'm saying that right. It's the single largest contribution recorded by the committee this cycle. And since its creation back in 2014, uh, the Senate uh, president, Wilton Simpson, who is running for agriculture commissioner, donated 2 million from his political committee back in July. Republicans already have a 23 to 16 majority in the Florida Senate, but you always want more. And uh, that could help DeSantis, assuming he is reelected, get even more done, which would burnish his resume towards a presidential campaign, perhaps. So, uh, Jim, DeSantis appears to be a team player and that's only going to look good to other Republicans.
1: Yeah, and I have no doubt he expects that these candidates that he's helping will remember this if he were to say run for president and if he is in a tough primary fight with a former president. Uh, we'll see how, how that shakes out for him. But look, we've seen a whole bunch of prominent Republicans who get elected in places. You don't usually see Republicans getting elected. Um, and then you'd see them, one, not having a successor, and then two, not really doing that much for the rest of the party not really trying to build a legacy of a functioning and thriving state party behind them. Obviously the Florida Republican party is riding high right now. They're in pretty good shape. They're not really going to, not really in any danger of collapsing, but this is the sort of thing that helps keep uh, talent in your farm system to use a baseball metaphor, you know, to keep the uh, potential good candidates of the statewide candidates, the future uh, going. And it just is a sign of when you have a phenomenal uh, fundraising advantage as Ron DeSantis has against Chris. You know, how can you do the most good with it? How can you advance not just your career and what you want to do, but maybe create as many allies as possible to make it as possible to enact your agenda so you can really create a lasting change. The other point I just make observe about the Charlie Crist thing is that like, look, we've, you know, from going back, ah, his name is Chris. It's kind of like Christ. Ha, <laughs> you know, like we, from the moment he's entered politics, anybody who's got, you know, eyes and spelling can recognize that. There is something unnerving, bothersome about someone who would compare himself. I think if you're a Christian, you kind of recognize that Jesus is really in a category of his own. He really is like, oh, I'm kind of like him. No, you're not. (laughs) And the other thing is that even, you know, other than the most exceptional human evils, um, you probably shouldn't run around comparing other people to Satan. Like that's the hyperbolic example I use when mocking democratic attack ads my opponent is just like except charlie christ actually did it which is <laughs> like you know he's now beyond compa- i'm sure the babylon b is like what are we supposed to do here there's this <laughs> where, where can we go with this we can't top that you know he's he's like two satans you know there's just no way you can go for that so good for you ron desantis and um uh, today morning today's morning Joel, i wrote about I guess you could say the trifecta of washed up Democratic candidates in Stacey Abrams, Beta O'Rourke and Charlie Crist. And I do think there is something psychologically unhealthy about this relentless need to run for office, even when you've been rejected in the case
0: of Crist several times before. And as uh, the Bible tells us, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's unchanging eternally. And if there's anybody who's not unchanging, it's Charlie Crist, who has held every position on every issue uh, over the last 15 years. Just ridiculous. All right. On to our bad martini now, Jim. And I'm sure (laughs) the Biden administration is going to come out today and say, look, inflation's going down because year over year in August... Uh, consumer prices are up 8.3% compared to last year, but that's down from 8.5% in uh, July and 9.1%, which was the peak in June. So that's what they're going to try to say. Uh, the point, though, is, is that that's a bunch of garbage because <laughs> what we've also learned is is that uh, it's mainly gas prices that are fueling the drop here, no pun intended. Meanwhile, uh, grocery costs are still rising, as are costs in just about everything else, shelter, other sectors of the economy. Uh, Core CPI is nearing a record at 6.3%, but because the inflation jump Really started about this time last year. You're going to see year over year numbers being smaller because last year's was so high. It doesn't mean costs are going down, but the Democrats are going to try to spin that. We've only got one more inflation report before the midterm elections, but watching them squirm here when prices are getting worse in a lot of essentials just ridiculous. But the the bottom line here is is that inflation's not getting better.
1: Yeah, this is one, another case which this is a bad martini for what it says about the state of the country. You can find a silver lining in that I think this will help Republican candidates in the midterm elections, but I really don't want to see my country suffer just so the GOP can do better. Um, before we dive into inflation overall, I kind of want to jump talk a little bit about gas prices. I looked it up because yes, it is not as bad as it was in mid June when the national average was $5 a gallon. And you saw lots of parts of the country that it's $6, maybe even close to $7 in parts of California. As of this morning, the national average is 370 uh here in virginia uh the average price is 346. that's more than i was paying last time but i guess in northern virginia it's a little higher i would not say 346 a gallon is cheap i would not say that 370 a gallon is cheap um most people are used to paying at least in this area between two and three dollars a gallon so yes it is down dramatically from midsummer. we're out of the mid the summer driving season demand usually declines in autumn uh, kids go back to school, people don't go on big long road trips and summer vacations and stuff like that. So we would expect prices to be lower, and it doesn't feel normal yet. Now, I I can run into all kinds of political articles from places like the New Republic saying, well, gas prices are down. Well, they're down, but they're not normal. They're not, they're not good. You know, less bad is not the same as good. And I don't think people feel like when they fill up their, they're not fuming the way they used to. It wasn't eye-popping. Oh, my God, it's gotten so expensive. But I don't think anybody feels great when they're filling up their tank uh, these days. One And yet, as far as the Democrats are concerned, the issue of gas prices is solved. Probably in some future episode, we'll talk more about the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, which is now getting really low by historical standards in an unnerving way. Um, but just overall inflation there are two ways of measuring your inflation. You can measure it from year to year, which is the consumer price index number that you most often hear. And then you can compare it to month to month. And this is how Biden was able to say there was zero inflation. Uh, zero inflation. zero. zero, zero, zero. zero. zero, zero. <laughs> yell, 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 whisper, 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 yell, yell, yell. Anyway, that's the Biden uh, cadence there. Um, and yes, it was lower in one month than it was the previous month, but the rate of increase was still going up, right? What it is is this is the traditional Washington argument about budgeting in which does a reduction in the rate of increase count as a cut? And if you want that number to go up, then yes, it's a cut and it's terrible and it's draconian. If you want spending to really go down, you're like, no, you're still increasing spending, you know, year after year, year over year or month over month. What happened was in late summer, Inflation got a little bit better than the worst it had been in 40 years. Again, slightly less worse is not the same as good. And now what we find this morning is that inflation has one-tenth of 1% for the month, 8.3% over the past year. And you are correct, Greg. You know, last summer, early fall is when you started seeing uh, inflation numbers really get bad. So it's kind of like creating a higher bar from a year ago to, to have these numbers really, really high. Um Either way, any amount of inflation month over month is bad. And I think what, you know, one of the things that this reveals, this administration has a lot of rhetorical and strategic bad habits. And I think one of them is anytime they get any bit of good news, they spike the football and say that everything is, is, is fine. Um, back in, uh, I would say right around the holidays. Yeah, you know, we had the supply chain issues starting to hit and, you know, Amazon, UPS, uh, FedEx, all of the big, you know, package shipping companies did this Herculean effort to try to avoid packages not arriving in time for Christmas. And shortly, right before the holidays, Biden went out and took a victory lap and said, you know, the uh, empty shelves did not occur. Now, of course, you know, first of all, empty shelves had been, you know, people had been seeing them uh, and disruptions to the usual uh, supply shipments All throughout the country all throughout the fall and into the winter and then slightly after the holidays early january when the omicron wave really peaked i mean it started around thanksgiving but it had really gotten bad by that first week of january that's when you saw a lot of you know empty shelves in part because the people who make who drive the trucks and you know stock the shelves and all that stuff they were all out sick with omicron so once again biden is saying i did it i did it we victory and of course things immediately get worse last month biden is saying i did it inflation is beaten inflation is zero And now we see a month later, no, it's not beaten. It's gotten slightly less bad. Um, Things peaking does not mean that they get good. Uh, And, you know, experience of the 1970s indicates that inflation is very hard to beat. It does not go away overnight. And it's no reason to expect that. So I think this is going to bring inflation back to the, you know, as a big topic in the campaign trail a lot that may help out Republican candidates. But it still means americans are suffering and again every time you know there's a number and people are telling you how great it is i'll just ask you look at your grocery bill does it seem normal does it seem okay maybe it's not quite as holy smokes how did it get this high as it was a month or two ago but it's still pretty darn bad and i think democrats uh run a real risk of alienating people by insisting that a problem is solved
0: when it clearly is not no, exactly. And this is another example of what you said yesterday, Jim, of does this administration think we're stupid or are they stupid? And in this situation, I think they think they uh, can pull the wool over our eyes here by uh, playing with the numbers since, you know, following CPI and, and that for, and that sort of thing and, and comparing 83 to 8.5% a month earlier, they can argue things are getting better when they are not. Core CPI up 0.6% month over month. So uh, that is not a good thing. And then Ron Klain constantly retweeting average gas prices is falling it's good that they're falling but I think the, the last one I saw him retweet was around 370 a gallon nationwide and uh, some places it's now under three dollars which is great it was 217 on an inauguration day for me when you get below 217 maybe I'll give you a pat on the back but as we've discussed a million times here the drop is due partially a little bit uh, to them selling uh way too much of the Strategic petroleum Reserve but most of it is just Americans deciding they can't afford it so they don't get gas and so demand plummets prices come down it's not because of what this administration is doing
1: yeah i you know i guess I, I guess compared to there are certain issues you can spin if it's an issue like ukraine far away americans can't see it but stuff like how much are you paying for gas how much are you paying for groceries how much is cost of living affecting you like you can't you can't spin that people live that people see that every day and i don't think it's going to work but uh, you know ad- addressing the fact that oh, actually we put way too much money into the economy that would be too much admitting fault. And oh, by the way, every Democrat, except for one in the House, voted for it. Every Democrat, every Republican in the House w- voted against it. Um, that's, you know, that's where we are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe you want to have that in mind when you think about the midterms, America.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Hammer, hammer that issue. As we've learned in polling, it's not the only issue this year. So Republicans stay focused, stay messaged on those critical issues. Yes. Economy energy, border, education, crime, uh, and don't keep falling for the media's traps to distract you from the the key issues going forward here. And hopefully we'll have a good midterm election. So Jim, uh, time to figure out how to pay for those grocery bills. See you tomorrow. See you tomorrow, Greg. Jim Garrity, National Review. I'm Greg Corumbus of Radio America. Thanks so much for being with us today. Do subscribe to the Three Martini Lunch if you don't already and tell a friend about us as well. Thank you so much for your five-star ratings and your kind reviews. Please, please keep them coming. Also, get us on your home devices. All you have to say is play Three Martini Lunch podcast. Follow us on Twitter. He's at Jim Garrity. I'm at Dateline underscore DC. Don't forget about Jim's brand new novel, Gathering Five Storms, and the accompanying short story Saving the Devil. Have a great Tuesday, and join us again on Wednesday. Wednesday for the next Three Martini Lunch. Much of the media
1: doesn't cover a lot of the most important news of the day. I'm Byron York with The Byron York Show. In the latest episodes, I'm going to discuss how, once again, it is all about Trump as Joe Biden centers his campaign speech around attacking MAGA Republicans. Also, I talk with Harriet Hagman about her win in Wyoming. She beat Liz Cheney in that GOP House primary in Wyoming. Download, subscribe to my daily podcast. Hear me get right into the news of the day. You can subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast.